Welcome back to another episode of Player One on Sin. My name's Eleni and I'm joined by our wonderful EP Connor. And I also have Harry and Nathan with me today. Hello. Hello, hello. Howdy. <laughs> We've got an awesome show for you today, guys. We've got lots of news. We've got some huge news coming out of Microsoft. But before we get into all that, I'm going to tell you where you can find us because... Play One Sin, we've got some awesome content for you guys. So if you like reading some articles or some reviews, you can head to sin.org.au where we've got some articles, some reviews, all that good stuff about some awesome games. And we also have some fantastic podcasts available for you all. So if you head to at Player One Sin um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we've always got the updates on our content. And the podcasts can be found on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Player One. And we've also got some cool stuff on YouTube. Now, Nathan, did you want to take us through our rapid fire news and releases for the week? Yes, I would be very, very happy to do that. So rapid fire news, Fallout New Vegas 2 is being tested by Obsidian. Spider-Man PS4 saves won't transfer to PS5. Todd Howard will be sticking around at Bethesda. More about that, I guess, later about what's happening with Bethesda. Uh, the Elder Scrolls 6 might be an Xbox exclusive. Wow. People are ordering the Xbox One X by mistake instead of the Xbox Series X. I guess that's what Xbox gets for such a weird naming scheme. Uh, Sony won't put first-party games on subscription service because it's unsustainable. Well, keep saying that until Microsoft beats you because they have service. <laughs> there is a server for, for cheaters in Fall Guys. Uh, 3DS has been discontinued, which could spell the end of the DS line of consoles. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> and the Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered, rumoured to be called Mass Effect Legendary Edition, will not release on the Switch. Ah! Oh, bugger! Yes, what a sad. shame. Damn. Everyone is so sad. Shattered. Um, um, damn, Nathan, you firing out some some flaming hot coals there, saying that you know Microsoft is going to kick Sony's butt. <laughs> damn, man, that was some hot fire there. Yeah. See, oh no, I was going to say because I I tend to remember didn't the PS4 do better than the Xbox Xbox One, which all the clearly very smart Microsoft uh, fanboys <laughs> are buying the wrong kind of actually the old version. Oh my god! I was yeah. gonna I was gonna say Harry, <laughs> I feel like maybe the Xbox One will actually outsell the PS4 now 
because people will, will mistakenly keep buying Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, the big play. That's... A whole another 50 million units will, will, will be sold. Uh, you're killing my Microsoft like lover heart. Just, just stabbing Man, it. Man, that just, just, just breathing out fire saying that. Like, holy cow. But yeah, I did hear about people mistaking the Xbox Series X for the Xbox One X. Um, Hey, yeah. like I get, I can, I can sometimes get it. Um, this is what Microsoft gets for not naming their console the Xbox Seven Twenty and then the Xbox Ten Eighty. Kind of <laughs> would, yeah. would would you go the the Twenty Sixty or the Thirty Sixty? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, like I but get it. I get it with the dumb naming, but also I'm confused because when you go to buy it and it's not like five billion dollars, do people <laughs> realize maybe maybe they've put the wrong console in their cart? Like the paid damn, I'm getting yeah. a steal. Yeah, what a bargain! The brand new consoles <laughs> only two hundred bucks. Like oh, maybe what? they just used honey. There you go. There we go. That's perfectly. You know, I, I can understand that. But Harry, let's take it away with the rapid fire releases. Rapid fire releases, no worries. So we've got uh, Spelunky Two, which I'm pretty sure. Well, Spelunky, Spelunky, Spelunky. Yep. It's an that's an interesting name. Very good stuff. Uh, Spelunky Two on PC. That's coming out September 29th. Uh, Yumihara Kawase Bazooka on the PS4 and Switch coming out September 29th as well. Uh, the Walking Dead Onslaught is coming to PC VR and PS VR, so the PlayStation VR system that everyone loves. That's on September 29th. Uh, Warsaw is coming to PS4 on September 29th. Uh, Baldur's Gate is coming to PC and the Stadia. Oh, we love the Stadia here. Yes. Stadia Bell! Get There's that Stadia it. Bell going! Yes. What, what, a, what a fantastic console that doesn't exist. Last week uh, we had an yeah. all-time high with two Stadia Bells. Two? Oh my god. Yeah, we had crazy. two Stadia Bells. Back down to one. Back down to it. Hey, they're coming in hot though. Two and one. That's some big, big news right there. Uh, we've got the Super Mario Bros. Uh, 35? It's been a few ed- added ones, I guess, that I've missed. Uh, that's coming to Switch Online October 1st. Uh, Warsaw again. I'm guessing that was just done twice, but this is also coming to Switch. That one's on October 1st. So it's a few days after the PS4 one. Uh, YS Origin is coming to Switch on October 1st. Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. That's for PS4 and Xbox. Hell yes! excited about that one. Yeah, there yes! I am high. I am ready. God damn it. I'm ready. It looks like a lot of fun. Different uh, art design compared to the last few. Uh, so it's taken a different... Because this is the Activision one, if I remember. These, they're yeah, yeah. So this is, this, um, this is completely brand new. This is not a remake, not a remaster. Completely original, brand new game. I am hype. I am so hype. I'm ready. It should be a lot of... I'm actually... You know, I haven't bought a console game in a while, but that game actually has me think I could use my PS4 for once. Dust it off and actually, you know... Use the old console. We've got uh, Let's Sing Queen coming to PS4, Xbox, and the Switch on October 2nd. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox. That's also October 2nd. I'm uh, not sure whether to dread that or be very excited for it because it could either be really good or just really, really, really bad. Well, if I know anything, it's always it's made by EA, so the famous quote is that. <laughs> it's EA. They'll find some way to stuff it up. It should yeah. be another word, but, you know, we're going to well, keep it a bit PG. Well, the well they made, I like that, Harry. Good man, um, good man. They made um, 
they made a, a good Star Wars game. So, you know, yeah. this could be the other exception. It was a bit buggy, but overall, like, it uh, did fairly well, and the one that's coming out. And they fixed Star Wars Battlefront 2, albeit a bit late, but uh, hoping it could go fairly well there. Who knows? Uh, Warsaw again, this time to Xbox on October 2nd. And finally, we have Full Gone that is coming to PS4, Xbox, and the Switch that is on October 5th. Uh, so a lot of exciting some times. New, surprisingly, some big releases, actually. I completely forgot Crash Bandicoot was coming out for a second, but then just sort of came back into my conscience. Um, How could you forget, crap. of all people? Because um, I've been busy, man. I'm a, bit, I'm a busy man. That, that's that's no excuse. That's <laughs> no, you need to be on this day and night following these yeah, stories. Come on. I'm, I am so hyped. I am so ready. Crash Bandicoot. It, um, I'm really excited for it. It's going to be awesome. Should be a lot of fun. Is there any yeah, games, I'm anyone just... else looking at those that they're excited for, looking forward to? Um, I'm also kind of, like, I I played Crash Bandicoot a little bit, but I really want to, I kind of want to try this new one. What was the last one? Because they, the last one they did, I'm pretty sure, was the remasters of all yeah, the... Yeah, uh... so, so there was the Insane Trilogy that came out in 2017. And then after that, there was um, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel back in 2019. So um, they got all the remasters out of the way, which was good. And then they've now moved on to the, to the proper um, mainline franchise, another addition to it, which I have a feeling they might be doing to, the Spy- to Spyro as well. I think that's what the next direction is going to be for Spyro. Oh, I hope so. That would make my day. That would... Mm the best news ever now guys what what games have you been playing lately hit us with all of the good quality games we've been playing so i've been really only playing two games um i've been playing uh among us which is all the rage these days very good game it is a very good game i i want to set up a game with all us on the player one team sometime well, if we ever get back to the actual studios, which I'm sure at some point will happen once all the coronavirus disappears, Absolutely. we should use the RMIT. Uh, they have the live stream stuff. We've been talking they about do. using that they for do. something. Yeah. Doing some Among Us there probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Yes. Um, also, I've been playing a game that I'm going to talk about later called uh, When the Past Was Around. Um, we got a cool um, review code from the developers. We love them. So, yes, I've been playing that as well. So those are the two games I've been playing. What about you guys? Uh, I've also been playing quite a, long, quite a lot of Among Us uh, on different sides. Uh, I've also been uh, playing a bit of Fall Guys, which got an update recently for the, not the new maps, which are coming for Season 2, but uh, some of the older ones, which uh, have gotten some updates with a lot of the hammers and just different... Uh, Guess different uh, ways to make it uh, exciting and pick it up. Uh, apart from that, a uh, bit of TF2, a bit of Overwatch, a bit of CSGO. Uh, although I must say I must have been casting that rather than playing it. And uh, yeah, that's about it really. But uh, really enjoying Among Us. That's uh, a, It's been a lot of fun. And I, well, Among Us 2 should be coming out sometime either this year late or I think in next year. Developers um, released something about that. I think uh, about a month ago now. So that should be okay. that should be good fun. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Harry, I was actually um, 
I thought TS2 was having troubles like people were getting hacked. Uh, I, I haven't heard about people getting hacked. There's the bot problem. I mean, that's been existing for years now, though. And At this point, well, uh, recently, someone actually just made a bot to kill bots because the system is just that downright broken that they can't ban them all completely. But, uh, yeah, I haven't heard about anyone getting hacked. It wouldn't surprise me if they were being because, I mean, TF2 has had problems in the past with... I mean, there was the whole marketplace thing that happened, I think, uh, a year and a half ago now. Where I think uh, a whole bunch of unusual items behind. got sold. Maybe uh, I'm just that far behind, but I heard like everything that runs on the same um, the same uh, engine as TF2 was having trouble with being hacked. Well, I certainly hope not, because I must, <laughs> considering it's Valve's most of their stuff, that would include a lot of games that I play. So I haven't run into that. And if it does exist, I'm hoping that Valve are on top of that one. Yeah. It's kind of hard, though, because TF2 is run by, I think, one person. One Because how Valve do it is they separate people into... like They basically say, you can work whatever game you want. And only one person picked TF2. So there is literally just one developer that <laughs> that has control basically all of TF2 and does the stuff for it. That is it. Oh, that's just... Oh. That, oh, may, may that man get a good good rest. Um, I'll chuck in my... I'll throw my hat into the ring, actually. I've been playing something a bit interesting, but today, as, as of today, um, I delved into Overwatch, but on PC. Um, oh, you're finally so coming was, away you're from about Switch. Ooh. Five years late for that one, Chef. Where you been? Um, oh. Well, I can. Well, my partner has Overwatch on Switch, and I was like, "Oh, let me give that a go." So I played a couple rounds as uh, Roadhog, as um, uh, around Mercy, and then just mostly Roadhog, and then Ariza. Um, oh boy, that was such an adjustment. Um, <laughs> I the sensitivity of the mouse was really throwing me off because I've never been able to go in a full 360 so quickly. So that was that took some adjustment, um, but also she plays at a very pretty high level. So I was like, "Oh, I am not having a good game. I'm not having a good match." But like, are you I, willing I to expose her actual rank? Do you know what her rank is? SR wise, um, it's, it's it's well within the hundreds. Okay, well, <laughs> Isn't it, if, it's like it, if it's in that. Uh, so SR usually, if it's in the hundreds, that means she's uh, in possibly the worst bracket of all of Overwatch. But just it, <laughs> it like... goes from like it goes from uh, like the highest is four thousand, I'm pretty sure, okay. and the lowest is zero. So SR sort of works from like once you get to a thousand, uh, like a thousand and below is like bronze, a thousand odd to like two thousand is uh one thousand five hundred okay, silver, she's... and then just sort of builds up from there. Okay, no, she's definitely still in bronze, but like maybe around the three hundred to four hundred mark. That's so funny, though, because I don't know anything about the game. So when you were like, well, what Neither was it? I, I was like, oh, that's so yeah. impressive. Good on her. Yeah, I'm impressed. I feel know. kind of bad now because I've just been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant she was in the top 300 in the no, world No, no, no. <laughs> I wish. But no, because, like, I play it on Switch and, like, I'm about level 23. That's generally, like, what it is for me. But, like... No, she she's played a lot of Overwatch and 
everyone was a lot better than me. So I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a bit of an adjustment. But I had one good rounders rope. One good rounders rope. So I had that. That's good. But then you play the game mode um, where you where you get a random hero. No, no, I didn't do that. But um, the other game I actually played is called Not for Broadcast. So it's kind of like, it's almost set up like a Five Nights game where you're sort of at a desk and you sort of look around for controlling different things. And it's set around being a producer of a TV show, almost. So you're controlling where the cameras are going. You're controlling the, um, the bleeps. You can actually, there's a button to control the bleeps and you get like a two second head start on it. Um, it was both really fun and really challenging at the same time. Um, the game is not fully released. This was just a demo, but holy crap, it was so much fun. And it gets like, it really gets you thinking, it really gets you like on your toes because you're trying to pay attention to one thing, but then you also got to pay attention to not making the feed go static. So you're trying to focus on that. And then suddenly, oh crap, I've got to focus on someone who's just sworn. So space bar, space bar all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's really intense at times and really challenging, but I really liked it. It was a ton so of fun. So you're, you're, uh, you're doing the radio show, what you'd usually do on a Monday, and then you're Pretty going much. home. <laughs> then, you're go- then you're going home and then doing a TV show, but it's a game, this one. Pretty much. Yeah, That's exactly I, what it is. I thought the whole point of video games was to escape reality. That just seems like a tremendous <laughs> cycle right there. It was great. It was a fun game. Just, he just wants to continue working. He's just always at it. I've got to be on that grind. But, um, Eleni, what have you been playing? Um, I have continued to make my way through the remastered Spyro trilogy. So I basically have just been going through Year of the Dragon. And I forgot how good the third game is because I love Gateway to Glimmer. That is, like, my heart and soul. And obviously the first one's a classic. Um, But playing Year of the Dragon, I've... I'm remembering how good the third one is. And I just love Spyro. Like, I know everyone loves Crash, and I do love Crash. And I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for saying this, but if I had to choose between Crash and Spyro, I think I would choose Spyro. I mean, he's a cute little purple dragon. You're well, absolutely entitled to your opinion, Eleni. Oh, Does that mean when... Um... Just, you do realise Connor's going to kick you off the show after this. Yeah, just, and, just, and just so you're you, aware. Yeah, exactly. You will never hear from nah, me man. again, guys. I like Spyro. I like Spyro too. So does that mean when um when that really uh that game Skyland has come out, were you like right on that or were you like no, I'm not buying all that stuff? <laughs> oh, I mean like what are you talking about? Wasn't that game like critically acclaimed? I thought everyone loved it. No, I no, that was the saddest moment of my life. Because I thought it was like a genuine like spyro follow up game, and then when I found out what it was, my heart just crumbled. You could hear Plastic it figurines. They're fantastic. Just put them, put them on the controller. They're the epic game. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Don't have a new Spyro game for another 20 years, but hey, you can have this instead. Exactly. Like, what more could Spyro fans ask for? Exactly. Honestly. Now it's time to head into some of the biggest news I think the gaming world has really had for quite some time. Connor, would you like to ease us into this one? Uh, Microsoft is planning to buy Bethesda. Um, there's not much else that can be said about it. It's not completely finalised as of yet, and it won't be for a while. Um, I think there's a few other extra steps that need to be done before it's completely official. But the way that 
the way that both Microsoft and Bethesda are talking, um, it's a done deal. Um, okay. Microsoft are going to buy Bethesda for $7.5 billion. This oh, is the God. largest sale in gaming history. That is an actual fact. Um, so to put this in perspective, Microsoft bought Minecraft or Mojang, who created Minecraft, for four billion. Um, that's that's huge. Um, on top of that, um, oh, there were several other deals that Disney paid less for other properties. Yeah, how much did Disney pay for Marvel? Uh, well, Dis yeah, I Marvel. don't think it was seven point five billion. I'm definitely sure it wasn't, but this is. This is huge because this isn't just like this is just Microsoft basically saying Sony's got nothing. Like we're gonna yeah. own everything. We are going to own uh, one of the biggest companies in gaming history to make games for the next generation of Xbox, and this includes such huge titles, which we'll go into a little bit later. I'm also want to talk about what was sort of our initial reactions to it because I. I was about to go to sleep. This happened at like 11 o'clock at night in um, Melbourne time. And Alani, you, you were buzzing off in our chat, just, just exclaiming how like, holy crap, this is huge. Holy crap, Mark's up the buying Bethesda. And it worked for me. It was like, I was like, oh, checking it half awake. And then I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. I was just like lying in bed, like scrolling through my iPad. And I was like, what? Microsoft's a vibe Bethesda? It's just like, it's crazy. Mm. Yeah, it was like you were saying, like, I was just on my phone and then I saw an article that said Microsoft buys Bethesda, but it it was just from, like, one of those news outlets, like, where it's like, that's not true. Like, that's not a real source. And then I was like, I'll just do a quick Google. Like, I'll just see. And then all of a sudden, all of the gaming news outlets, it was, this is happening, this is happening. And I was like, oh, oh boy. And yeah, my first thought was sort of like, this is an insane deal. And then, yeah, when I saw the price tag, $7.5 billion, my immediate thought was I would not pay $7.5 billion. <laughs> um, I was going through all of the things I could have spent all that money on, um, like ending world hunger, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, to put into perspective, Disney paid $4 billion for Marvel. Oh, so, wow. Okay, yeah. Which, again, lots of money. But, yeah, when you think about the the investment that Microsoft have just made, it's quite insane. But, yeah, it was a very bizarre sort of thing, especially because it's not like it had been leaked at all. So I think for gaming fans, everyone was a bit sort of shocked by the news. It's sort of... It's a long-term investment for yeah. Microsoft, at least. Because, I mean, to be honest, Bethesda have been pretty lackluster the last few titles that they've been putting out. I mean, the one that stands out is Fallout 76, which was a complete financial disaster. So, there's also... There's also have Doom Eternal, which Doom Eternal, was very good. Yeah. Doom Eternal was a good game. It's It's very, been very hit or miss, I feel like, in the last mm. few years, though. So, I feel like Bethesda, they will, like, if, if I'm then, I, I, I'm taking that money and I'm running. Like, I mean, I feel like Microsoft will make that back at some point, but it is going to be like very, it's going to be years down the track. 
before. And um, as you said, it's a long-term move. Yeah. This is and it's for... it's not like it's a bad one because Bethesda no, still no. can still make very good content, and it again, as you say, it just makes uh, Sony basically smaller and smaller because they they don't have the financial uh, capacity to do that. They don't have the seven point five or how many? How much was it? Seven point five billion? Yeah, just to yeah. throw out at a company and say we're going to take you guys. You can have that. Give that to us. Microsoft so, can yeah, do that. The, the thing is, like. I think a, a lot of the time Sony has better console exclusives. So this is kind of evening the field a bit because now, like, we're not sure, but, like, it's pretty, you know, obvious that, like, every single Bethesda game is just going to be an Xbox exclusive now. Well, that's not as of now. Um, before this deal probably was ever conceived, um, there were two. there were going to be two... Um, PS5 exclusive done by Bethesda, which one of them was um, Ghostwire Tokyo, and I don't remember the other one, but um, those are still going to be PS5 exclusive, or maybe timed exclusives, for example. Yeah. It could very well be that that's the case, which it's a commitment that was made before prior. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there's some sort of contract with it. Um, they have to abide by that. And, like, I've, I feel like there are some people who potentially are saying, like, well, what about the partnership between Microsoft and Nintendo? Um, that's not going to change. Microsoft and Nintendo have been buddy-buddy for the past year and a half a bit. So I think we're actually going to get some Xbox Series X exclusives, maybe, even on Nintendo platforms, which realistically could happen. Um, in Microsoft exclusive game hit the Nintendo Switch a couple days ago. So it can happen. Um, yeah, definitely. And because I think, you know, obviously this move is something that affects Sony more so. And obviously the big battle is between those consoles. So really, Nintendo are just in the best position. They just get the best. Yeah, I know, right? They get products. to reap the benefits you know, like, as well. Exactly. Yeah. They're just making all their money and no one's really trying to knock them down at all. But I really loved, I think I loved this move from Microsoft because I think given the um, way the PS4 sort of really outshone them last gen, I think Microsoft have really gone for some big swings. Like we've seen Game Pass is obviously a pretty revolutionary thing. And now we've got, you know, the potential monopolization of a lot of Bethesda products. So I think Microsoft are really, really going for like for some big moves. And I think it will pay off in the long run. Um, like Harry said, I think it's a long-term investment that'll definitely pay off i guess it's just like one of those famous quotes uh if you can't beat them then pay 7.5 billion dollars to them <laughs> buy them out and then have them exclusively make those games for you so i guess it makes sense for, i mean if they can do it they can do it i i don't particularly like the idea behind it but it's uh it's more it's a business decision and yeah. microsoft are always they're they're, a, they're all like i mean they've got a whole lot where they're the the internet overlords because they own pretty much everything at this point. But I mean, if you have the money to buy it and you may as well do it, it doesn't look particularly nice, but that's business. And yeah. you've got to beat your competition. So if you can do it, may as well do it. Exactly. I, I'm actually thinking what, like if, if Microsoft were to buy any other studios, which ones do you think they'd buy? 
I don't, there aren't many that you would potentially want to buy because, um, well, I think one of the big things was Bethesda is a privately traded, it's not a public company, it's a private company. Um, they don't yeah. have to abide by any shareholders. They don't have to do anything like that. So I think it made it possibly made the deal easier to do. So I don't necessarily see Microsoft buying out another company unless it's say a smaller double A studio. That's really because they started off that move back in like 2018, late 2018. And this is sort of the evolution of that. This is, so what entails about this deal? What What is Microsoft getting? Well, they're getting the ownership rights to some of the biggest franchises in gaming, some of the oldest franchises in gaming, actually. And uh, I'm just going to list a few, and I think it'll give enough, um, give enough clarity to it. Um, firstly, Elder Scrolls. So Microsoft can now do whatever they want with the Elder Scrolls series. HD water graphics are hell yeah. That's what we like. Skyrim <laughs> for the Xbox Series X. We got it. Um, they Jiggle also physics. own. <laughs> no, Nathan. Naughty corner. Naughty corner, Nathan. God damn it. Get that X rated content up. X rated content warning. Uh, but on top of that, um, Fallout, they own the rights to Fallout, so they can do whatever they want. Fallout 4 on the Xbox Series X. Um, Wolfenstein, which is a, that's a great, great get for Microsoft because the yeah. Wolfenstein games done by Machine Games have been fantastic. Um, Quake, then probably one of the biggest ones that really enticed me because I'm such a fan of the series, uh, Doom. They now own the rights to Doom. And so... This, they've got some heavy hitters, and I think that they're gonna. I think once I'm gonna say maybe after the first year or two of this generation, we're gonna see some new games from these franchises exclusively on Xbox Series X. Yeah, yeah. what well, yeah. I want to see Microsoft kind of try and rejuvenate some of these series, you know, like especially like Fallout because Fallout 76 is a thing. But yep. even like Elder Scrolls, because Elder Scrolls Online was a thing, like just get some really driven, like creative people into these games and just give them the resources they need to just make them amazing. Well, I do agree that perhaps some of these, fran with this deal could potentially kick some of these franchises up the bum and be like, hey, let's really make this good. But it's also up, I'm sure Microsoft are like, hey, do, you know, we want this, so do what you like with it. Um, that could potentially be it. I think we're actually going to get more games within franchises. Potentially soon we might get another Doom game after the DLC is done, potentially another Wolfenstein game. But it also opens up the possibility for new franchises, potentially something we haven't seen from Bethesda before. And something that could beef up even smaller titles that could be used to beef up Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting though because I mean, you know, obviously a lot of gaming fans have been commenting on if this was a good move by Microsoft. And I think um, like something that sort of Harry touched on earlier in the show is that Bethesda probably aren't everyone's favourites at the moment because of sort of the disaster that was Fallout 76. But I think 
what we will see in like the coming years is that this investment will pay off because you know i'm a huge elder scrolls fan and i know that if you know we see footage of the next elder scrolls game and at the end of it we see something like xbox exclusive i know that myself and lots of fans are probably going to go oh boy time to buy an xbox and so i think a lot of people you know, are looking at this move and going, like, why would they do that? It makes no sense. Like, no one even likes Bethesda at the moment. But I think, obviously, Microsoft being a big company, they're looking at the bigger picture. And so, you know, like you said, Doom, all of these great titles they have, I think that when we see, you know, them start to develop new games in those series, and if they are exclusives, it's really going to be an interesting sort of game-changing move for the console battle. But, yeah, exciting times, really. (laughs) But, yeah, something I definitely don't want to see is, like, something along the lines of, like, Activision or, like, Ubisoft just, like, pumping out a new game in a series every year, like, a new a new Fallout game every year or a new Elder Scrolls game every year. That would just be terrible. It does raise the question if, I guess, Sony at this point, do they go after someone like Ubisoft or do they go after another company of some kind to buy it? Because they've basically just been sitting back and letting Microsoft do all this. At some point, something's going to give. And like this, this is basically the catalyst, you would think, at this point. Like they're paying $7.5 billion and They've basically just taken an entire company to themselves. Sony have to be sitting there going, all right, we need to, we need to do something. Otherwise, there's just going to be there's not going to be a console war because Microsoft are just going to have basically everything to themselves, and there'll just it'll just be one singular console. Well, that yeah, raises the could... question. Sorry, Nathan, but um, I just want to point this out. Could this be potentially the start, the beginning of the end of third party games? Oh yeah. So like this could even like escalate into a kind of like a, a World War Three kind of like just. <laughs> console war 3 <laughs> but you know well, that's I mean. interesting because i don't believe the third world war has actually even happened so no no last time i checked oh, there could be something going out on outside that i haven't seen recently no but what i mean is this could like escalate the kind of console wars even further it'll make like, you get to the point where it won't deals. be a war it, it will make exclusive Xbox. deals i think more aggressive hmm It'd be more aggressive, I reckon. People usually complain about exclusives, but they're usually the best thing about having, well, having a certain console because usually the company that's making it is going to make sure that 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 game, if it's an exclusive, it it really needs to nail everything. Because then if it's good, people go, oh, oh, that game was great. That means I want to get that console. For the ones that are dual platform, it's like if it stuff's up, it's like, oh, well, it's on both consoles. It's no, no one's real fault. It's more the developers. But if you have an exclusive set for your specific one, it needs to hit. That's why I was worried about the Xbox showcase because they didn't really show off a lot of like big stuff, which I mean makes sense because there's been a lot of stuff with, uh, I guess the coronavirus has sort of stopped a lot of progression with like actually developing any of these bigger titles. But usually when it comes to any console, the launch is the big thing. You look at Stadia. No one even remembers that anymore because it was <laughs> such. It was just such a terrible launch. It, and they've probably fixed stuff up now. But it's like, well, it's already happened. It's been like what a year, mm. year and a half now. It's like, why would I get that now? I could just get the new Xbox, or I could get. I could just. Why well, I just keep my PlayStation Four? I've just got Steam Library. I mean, you, this thing that you 
put to us didn't work. So why would I want to go back and get it? Yeah, I think say, it's the same. Oh, sorry, then you go ahead now. <laughs> it's the same with games like Battlefront. Like I, like I refused to play the new Battlefront games because they were so bad. Like at the start, and I know like EA has, you know, fixed um, Battlefront two now, but I I just won't go back. So it's the same with this. But um, Harry, I also want to raise you the point because you said. Um, yeah, Microsoft didn't have anything too big during their Xbox showcase, but I will disagree in that they showed enough smaller titles, smaller to medium-sized titles that are not only going to probably beef up the launch lineup, but also create, I thought they created enough interest because they're games that perhaps we've never seen before in the style that we've never seen before. So I mean, there was some, some like... interest there. Yeah, there was some good smaller stuff. I just think that the the big one that everyone's talking about, it's the Halo. Like that was the, yeah, the yeah. huge one they put on. And that's gone on delay. So that's probably not even going to come out with the console, which is what, and you may find it like a thing, but like people that are, I guess, Xbox uh, fans, they want that title. Like they'll, they'll probably like the other ones, but the main thing is the Martley's, the Halo game. And if that's not coming out straight away, that's probably going to push some people away at least they'd be like well i'm not going to get this now and mm. because the, the game that i really want isn't going to be there like what's the point of just having all these smaller ones that you know i might enjoy but i want that one because that's that's the big sparkly game that's the one that you know a lot of effort usually goes into and i say that with quotation marks because some of the recent halo games haven't exactly been spectacular but they've been trying to fix that so i still think that the Xbox launch will go off fine. I just don't know if there's going to be as much, uh, I guess, hype around it. But doing something like this definitely draws in people's attention. Like you buy at a studio. Yeah. And it may contribute to sales to begin with for the console, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where it actually goes for yeah. both Sony and for Microsoft. I think Microsoft has a big disadvantage in kind of console exclusives, but I think with Game Pass, it has a big advantage. Like... Game Pass is just so good and it's such a good deal that like a lot of people will be buying Xbox, I think. Even just as Game Pass machines. Yeah. That, like that I could realistically see and that would be my purpose of getting an Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S, which would more likely be the case. I wouldn't want to buy physical games. Why not pay like a fair monthly fee to get access to a library of over 100 games? Yeah, but I think, um, like, one sort of sad thing that I took away from this is, you know, as, like, fans of games, obviously we all want to play as many games as possible and have the accessibility to play any and every game. And so I worry that this is going to start a trend and sort of what you guys were touching on, as if this idea of, like, the PlayStation having a very exclusive set of games and the Xbox having a very set exclusive games. And, you know, basically each console having their own sort of lineup and I don't know about you guys but I don't particularly want to be forking out all that money for both consoles just to get my hands on a different variety of games and so I think like from a business perspective it makes complete sense and it's fantastic but I think as a fan of someone who just likes to play video games it makes me a bit sad <laughs> to think that you know we're going to be having all of these Bethesda titles potentially on one console and you know for people who love PlayStation consoles what does that mean for them you know, if PlayStation decide to retaliate in some way, what does that mean for 
people who buy an Xbox. So I just worry that, you know, obviously like exclusive titles has been prominent in the past, but I feel like now it's going to be really pushed to the forefront of this console battle, which makes me sad. I feel like Microsoft might do a thing like they've been doing with a lot of their recent, um, their recent kind of, uh, um, exclusive games. They'll, they might also put them on PC, which might be a way to get into them. If you're a, um, PS4, a PlayStation player, but then buying a PC like that could play them could also be expensive. So it's just, you know, it's just a catch 22 really. And now I think it's time to just move away from Microsoft for a little bit and let's focus on everyone's favorite. Let's be honest. Nintendo, we got some good content from them. Connor, do you want to lead us through? You are the Nintendo connoisseur after all. Uh, apparently so. I've only ever owned like two Nintendo consoles in my entire life. But um, yeah, so <laughs> Nintendo had a another one of their partner showcase directs. But the big difference is this one was actually pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty okay. Good. Um, so what did they show off? A lot of Monster Hunter, um, not Monster Hunter World, but um, a few Monster Hunter games, which was very exciting because I've been wanting to dive into the Monster Hunter series. Like it's been something that I've had an, a slight interest on throughout the years, but I've never really jumped into it. But yeah, it's a I, nice like, way. It's a me, nice thing to actually get excited about. For me, I find RPGs just really just really scary like not scary but just intimidating i find rpgs just so intimidating because you don't know where what to do you don't you just you're you're without any direction like and it's like just intimidating to me (laughs) yeah i usually find with rpgs it's very straightforward you uh you you approach someone uh then you get involved with turn-based combat so one will press attack uh, the other person might defend, and then it'll just sort of go back and forth with some limited animation, and then that's sort of it. And then you sort of the other the outside world stuff for some like Monster Hunter, you can like run around and stuff, looks <laughs> really nice. And then you get sort of stuck in the just nice loading screen things and just the sort of stiff animation. <laughs> <laughs> stand still, Harry. swing, stand still, swing. Hard Very good hitting stuff. commentary. Good well, Monster Hunter is an action RPG, so you will not be doing the turn based stuff with it. But um, we've got everyone's favorite fitness boxing. Fitness Boxing 2, rather, <laughs> a big hyped up Ninten- like game from Nintendo that everyone's just really excited about. It did well enough, the original, that it absolutely meant a sequel was on its way. So we got <laughs> that. Um, but also, a game that I mentioned earlier that is also coming to the Switch is an Xbox game, um, Ori and the Willow of the Wisps, the sequel oh, to Ori yeah. in the Blind Forest. Now that um, that's a good pickup. Yeah, that's a really good pickup. It's also like how long will the relationship between Microsoft and Nintendo go for? Because we've had some good games that were previously on the console side of things, Xbox exclusive, now make its way to the Switch. And they've all been perfect fits. Um uh, the first real big example was Cuphead, which is almost just it it's the perfect port to the Switch. And as someone who owns it and has played it, it's fantastic on the Switch. Yeah, like, I'm even surprised Cuphead wasn't originally on the Switch. That's because the Switch wasn't a... Actually, no, was it a thing? 
I don't think it was. I don't. I don't think it was. I think it would have just no. come out. When did Carpet come out? 2018, 2017? I thought it was twenty sixteen. Actually, no. Maybe it was twenty seventeen. Then the case of the switch would have been a thing. It's already <laughs> been three years. Jesus. Man, I know, right? Um, but then afterwards, we had Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, one of my all-time favorite games, which, at the time of its release, uh, Microsoft owned Ninja Theory, so. That was also a big surprise. And the Ori games, which even when you go into the store, like the, the actual game page on the eShop, it has Microsoft Studios as the publisher, which is crazy. The fact that we have a Microsoft game on a Nintendo console and what was originally meant to just be um, just an exclusive game for the Xbox. Like, it's insane to me. It's really cool. But Ori and the Will of the Wisps, one of the most beautiful games ever made. The Ori series is just one of the most beautiful games ever made. Like, let's be honest here. Like, they're just beautiful in every single way. What an Australian team that were behind uh, Ori, wasn't it? Or was that Shovel? I might be thinking Shovel Knight rather than... I think you're, I think you're thinking... Uh, yeah, you're thinking... You're definitely thinking... Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> my, my brain had just shut off for like a quick second, but yes. But yes, absolutely. You are correct. But um, a Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight rather. Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah Hollow Knight. I was, I was, it was on the tip of my tongue. Yes. Didn't, oh. Uh, oh, we actually we discussed this. Um, I think in the bonus episode that we uh, did last week was that uh, Connor was really looking forward to a Smash announcement. Yeah. And we, was try- we were trying to keep his hopes down, and I feel like that was probably a good idea because it doesn't I was really look like hoping, that's happened. I was really hoping for a release date for Doom Eternal on Switch, but that obviously didn't happen. But we did also get a um, some upcoming stuff on Rune Factory 5, which is another high, which is another anticipated game, an RPG, or sort of like a life sim RPG kind of thing. Um, that's, that's coming, that's just been given more details, which is cool, all good. And then one of the other bigger titles, The Long Dark, which is like a first-person uh, survival game, which that's cool. We don't really have enough. We don't have enough of those on Switch, really. Um, we have Ark Survival Evolve, which is one of the worst ports to a console <laughs> that's been that's ever been done. Like it's bad. It's bad. Okay. I highly recommend. I highly recommend checking out the Digital Foundry video on Ark Survival Evolve because you'll see how truly bad it is. But like this was. There was a bunch of other games also, which um, can't spring into my mind, but overall, this wasn't a bad show because mm. it actually had games that were like, that's surprising, or games that weren't necessarily leaked or anything like that, which was also very surprising. Um, you know what would be cool? Yeah. I think it would be cool if there was some sort of like DLC for um, uh, the... Ring Fit Adventure, like a new <laughs> kind of adventure. Yes, I wish. I love Ring Fit Adventure. I actually do own it. I have the Ring Con. I have like the the Joy Con leg strap. It's great. It's actually a very good game. Like it's a it's a great. It's actually a good game. Said but no yeah. one ever. Um, <laughs> actually, no. The general consensus from people who played is like this is actually a very good game. Sorry, I don't know. What is the Joy Con leg strap? Have it's I, literally a have leg I missed strap. something? You what, get like a thing, you strap it to your leg, and then there's like a slot for your Joy-Con. You just pop it in there, and it tracks like your leg movements and all that. 
You know, I could say a whole bunch of things about that right now, but I won't. Uh, yeah, you, you, you and me both. Don't worry. We've got to keep this PG. Got to keep PG. But um, I, I think just to just to pivot from this line of thought, um, I think Nintendo have actually been producing some good content, and I think it's weird yeah. because we've been getting so many like mini presentations that it doesn't really feel like we've been getting a this, lot from them, but we have. Yeah, I noticed that too. So. This year, though we think it's been a dry year for Nintendo, um, actually not really. Um, they start off the year with Tokyo Mirage Sessions.fe, which was like a, and that's a niche Wii U game that some people played, not many. That's cool. Um, then Animal Crossing, which took over the world. Let's, it took over the world for sure. Um, then after that, we had um, Xenoblade Chronicles Remastered. Then after that, we had Paper Mario and the Origami King. Then after that, we had the Mario 35th anniversary um, co- like bundle with um, Mario Galaxy, Mario 64, and Mario Sunshine. I still think got- it's really weird that like that was only available for a short time. I'm like... It, well, it's going to be available till March next year. Okay, so... Um, still weird. I still agree. Still weird. But... um. Then we got Mario 35, which is a Mario Battle Royale game, similar to Tetris 99. <laughs> then, and then you also have coming on October 30th, I think, um, Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Oh, yeah. I love Pikmin. Pikmin is so cool. Now, Nathan, I believe you've got some cool news from a review you did for us. So if you want to take it away, go ahead. Okay, so um, I said a bit previously that I've been playing a game called When the Past Was Around. This was a game that we got through a developer that gave us a review code. So um, I got that and I played it through it and I, I liked it. It was a very fun game. So it's kind of like, um, it was kind of a project that was kind of um, seeing how you could tell story through music so it's like this really cool puzzle game and it has really nice music and it's it's kind of weird like it's one of those games where you can kind of get your own meaning to it like it's just you know you kind of have your own thoughts about it so what I got from it is it's kind of about accepting loss and just going through memories and like just accepting loss. But like the premise is kind of weird. Like this girl is um, in love with this owl creature, which I don't know why there's this owl, but. <laughs> hey, love, love is love, Nathan. Love is love. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So um, it goes through kind of their memories together and like, I won't spoil anything, but like just through their stuff, and it's um this point and click um puzzle game. So you're solving these puzzles to make like to make the memories, I guess. So it's it was very good. Um, I got stuck on one puzzle, like I was just stuck on it for like so long. I ended up having to use a brute force method to <laughs> do it. What kind of puzzles were they? Um, so just kind of, you'd see like 
stuff somewhere and that would lead to the answer to something somewhere else. So like, like um, there'd be numbers somewhere and that'd be the answer to like a lock or there'd be some sort of, you know, like code that you'd have to break, like using something somewhere else in the environment. So one of those kinds of puzzle games. Kind of like an escape room, kind of. Okay, interesting, interesting. So what, how long is this game? Like, is it a longish game? Is it sort of a... Uh, it's, it's not that long. I, like, I spent a lot of the time, like, stuck on that one puzzle, but it's, it's an enjoyable game, but it's, it's not too overly long, I guess. Yep. And do they vary the puzzles or do they feel like sort of the exact same thing over again and in different variations? I don't really feel like it was exactly the same thing. Like I, I felt very challenged by the puzzles and I had fun solving them, hmm. but you know, it just, I guess it depends on like your own like experience of puzzles, I guess. Was it, was the story, was the story satisfying to you? Yeah, like, I think it was pretty satisfying. Like this whole thing about going through their lives and seeing like her accepting the loss of this owl. Hmm. Like that, that I get, like we've all gone through loss, but would you, like, it's a very emotional game. Would you recommend yeah. having potentially a box of tissues with you just in case or just some, <laughs> yeah. just, to, yeah, just, just throw out case. the tears? But and would like this said, be a game? Music, Sorry, the music is I... very good. The music yeah. is very good. Like, how would you describe the music? Um, like, the music is used to actually tell a lot of the story. So a lot of the story is, like based around music so like um the owl that this girl is in love with he's actually like a, vi a like a music player so like a lot of it um the music is actually in the game where like she's following this music to find him so it's but the music is kind of i'm not sure how i'd describe it it's kind of like violin music i guess <laughs> yep does it in like moments uh, where it's a bit more orchestral kind of music or yeah more... kind of orchestral but not like with a full orchestra yeah so sort of like a singular person playing a violin yeah or like some other instrument it's but, a um, very good game does the tone sort of go up or down depending on the situation or is it very consistent in its tone i think it's very consistent but like the tone of like the story like it goes down then back up kind of but the music doesn't necessarily go along with it. Um, not really, no. Okay, interesting. But um, overall, would this be a game that you personally would recommend to people? Yeah, definitely. Especially if you love um, puzzles, just give it a try. Like a short single-player puzzle game. Yeah. Um, and, and guys, do you, know, do you happen to know what the time is by any chance? Anyone got a watch on? It's um, the top of the hour. Oh, Nathan, right onto it. I love it. I was I was about to do a whole bit since I, I have a smartwatch now. <laughs> I can be like, 
Yeah, you know, I actually have a watch on for once. <laughs> Beat me to it's it, Nathan. A, I love it. It's a hair yes, it is the top of the hour, according to my so, mole. Oh, Lenny, please tell me what what is the top of the hour? Of course. Well, the top of the hour, according to Connor's smartwatch, would be the time <laughs> where we tell our audience where you can find us. And by that, I mean if you head to at Player One Sin on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can find our socials where we post about all our upcoming content, for example, our written content, where if you head to sin.org.au, you can see some great reviews and articles, the team writes, some really good content, as well as our awesome podcasts that we do. And you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Omni Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Player One. And of course, we've got some content on our YouTube channel, which you can always check out. But for now, we're going to head into our next song for the night and then when we come back we're going to talk about our next game and grudge match but a sad one a very sad one a, a very sad one a very sad one especially for some nintendo fans and yes it is time i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it to nathan on this one nathan you what know time what time is it is. yes yeah, it's I, time i, I want to hear it gaming grudge match oh fantastic uh, you, you know we we usually have the soundbite of jay yelling it but i think this is better you can't beat the original. I don't think no, you, you really can't. You really can't. But Thank um, you. you know this this gaming garage match. It's a bit of a somber one. We're we're celebrating yes. some Nintendo handhelds, and this week, you know, everyone has fond memories of these. It is the Game Boy, and this will encompass the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance, going head to head, if you will against the Nintendo DS, which will include the DS Lite and the DSi and the DSi XL. So the entire and DS Lite, the, the entire... I'm going to consider that its own thing. <laughs> 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 the DS versus the Game Boy, who we got and why. Oh, and, and you know, just for added things, any fond memories of either handheld? Uh, I guess I'll start. I'd have to say probably the Nintendo DS, and that is solely based on the fact that I had a DS uh, growing up. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't never really had a Game Boy, and I haven't played a lot of uh, Game Boy stuff. But I mean, my favorite thing with the DS was, and I think always will be, the one person having a copy of Mario Kart, and then everyone in the just the area being able to connect uh, up to eight people in a lobby, and that that was always super fun. So it would be one person who had an actual character and then there'd be seven uh, shy guys <laughs> just falling yes. around and spit around the maps. But uh, always lots of fun from DS games. Like I played the DS from, I'd say, I must have got up when I was about eight or ten and I was still playing it at least until I was about 14, 15, until it finally gave out. They're, uh, they're good fun, the DSs, and they do a, a hell of a good job. So I'd have to say my vote is in their camp for this one. I'm kind of, I'm torn. Like I, I played the DS when I was young, but I also recognize that the Game Boy is just so like historically significant and just so amazing that it like just paved the way for handheld consoles. So I'm just like really torn. <laughs> but you got to pick one, Nathan. There's, there's no, there's no exemptions. You got to pick one. I've got to pick one. Got to oh. pick one. Got to pick it, mate. I, I guess I'll, I'll start with the Game Boy because it's just the original handheld. I like it. 
even, even though technically the Game & Watch was actually the original handheld back in 1980. But yes, um, in terms of actual handheld consoles, the Game Boy is absolutely up there. Yes. But um, Eleni, what do you got? What do you got and why? Um, yeah, I'm a bit torn as well because I, I grew up playing um, my brother's Game Boy, actually. So I do have very good fond memories of that. But I think the DS just has to win for me because it was probably the first console I had that was mine. Everything I had, like my, the PS1 was my brother's PS1 that I would just play until he wanted to play and then I'd get kicked off. So I think the, the DS wins for me, specifically the DS Lite. That was, that was my home girl, my, my pink DS Lite that I, covered, <laughs> that I covered in like, I think I had like these stickers that had Toad on them and I just covered my DS with that because I hated the fact that I had a pink one because I wanted a blue one. Um, but I think nothing will ever compare to those DS chat rooms. I don't know if you guys no, remember those. chat. The Picto chat, and I remember we'd have like games day in primary school, and everyone would bring their DSs, and it would start like a war because everyone would be in certain chat rooms, and then people would leave chat rooms. You know, like the, the kids that navigate social media these days—they don't understand the pain of being in the wrong Picto <laughs> chat room. Honestly, I've actually forgot all about the chat rooms. Oh. Wow. Have I have I unlocked a memory for you? Some trauma right there. <laughs> <laughs> chat rooms were very something very different. It was just this own breed of like uh, it's like the Meverse thing that the the we had where they had all like the uh, the different like channels and sections for I guess talking stuff and the DS was that as well. Except somehow I think a hundred times worse half the time. So very fond memories. Very. Fond. I love that. <laughs> yes, I. I also have very fond memories of both. I did have an original Game Boy, and I don't remember what happened to it, but I do remember actually having a Game Boy Advance, and I actually own another one um, in my own home. So it's a nice, like, atomic purple. I love the atomic purple one, but I used to own the silver one. And I remember specifically playing Rayman on it. I had fond memories of that. But... Yeah, i got to give it to the DS because my favorite game on the DS, it's going to be a freaking weird one. Um, Guitar Hero on Tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Say what you will. And you, ha- and you can say what you will. <laughs> that was actually a good game. I actually thought Guitar Hero on Tour was a good game because it utilized, it utilized the GBA port. And you could like you got like the the stylus that's a guitar pick, and you'd play it like this, and like it was kind of cool because it was so innovative in its own little way, and the the song choices were actually not bad. The audio quality was absolutely dreadful, but that was because it was the DS. But like, it was actually a fun Guitar Hero game that I that like got utilized once more and then never again because Guitar Hero died out. Still good fun though. You got to. You oh, do, everyone yeah, enjoys question. a good guitar hero from time to time, I'd imagine. But that was I my favorite Sing DS Star. game. Yeah. Sing Star, really? Yeah, that's, that's I... possibly the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> Did no, they have one just... on the DS? No, not on the DS on, oh, okay. on consoles. But could you imagine, um, like, if you could plug oh a God. microphone into your DS? That would be amazing. <laughs> You're fantastic. 
Well, no, there but, was. I remember specifically there was a game that was. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I don't know why I had it. I had real football like two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine on my DS. And one of the functions was uh, you could yell into the little microphone bit, which was like above the uh, the second screen down the bottom, to try and convince the ref to not give you a card. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you this right now. That did not work once. That thing was busted. Oh, the amount of obscenities I would yell into that thing it didn't it did not change the, the decision once like completely broken real football whoever made that developers fix your Nintendo DS game right now solely for me oh that's amazing maybe they'll is... make one for the switch where it has the same like unfortunately you can yell into the controllers to get the yeah reference. unfortunately the switch doesn't have a mic. But, ah. <laughs> damn, well, see, that, hey, that's, well, that's, that's the problem story. with the Switch. You can't, you can't uh, have the same Overwatch experience you would have on the PC, <laughs> which is why you stick, because you can't yell at your teammates and your teammates can't yell at you. They, well, where's the fun? Where's the, you need I that just, Xbox 360 Call of Duty lobby microphone blaring in your ears so <laughs> you know how poorly you're playing. And continuing our discussion about Nintendo, we have some sad, Lenny, sad news. Before, before, before we get to the sad news, um, firstly, Luna Maroon, friend of the show, we had her as an interview guest last year. Do go check it out. It was a fantastic interview. And she released an album. So, awesome. We love her here at Player One. Really, really fun stuff. Um, fantastic streamer. Fan, just extremely talented person. Um, we love Luna Maroon here at Player One. But Lenny, yeah, we've got some sad news. Sad news. Yeah, yeah man. We, we really do. The um, the 3DS, everyone's favourite DS for its beautiful camera and 3D capabilities, has been discontinued by Nintendo, which ends a nine-year run for the console. Yeah. Uh, Press press F to pay respects for the three DS. Absolute yeah. pain. Um, so this was not this this was a long time coming. Um <laughs> the three DS like ever since the Switch came out, the three DS has basically just been like the has been the child that's been neglected for so long by <laughs> Nintendo and now they're just finally saying, Hey, we're done. Yeah, we're the moment that was said the moment that was said, uh, I think I heard Nick just sort of crying or just let out, <laughs> basically. He just sort of died in the background because I know my man loves the uh, oh, he yeah. loves the 3DS. And he's and been very saddened by this news. He's been just in a, a constant state of disarray ever since it was broken. And it's very, it's very hard to talk to him right now, honestly. So I, no, hope, no. I hope he's doing well. It's been hard, like, it, it was harder to get to him now than it was when Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. And that was, like, yeah. he was on that thing for, like, 72 hours straight. So, <laughs> to, to see, or to hear that he's not doing well because of the 3DS um, discontinuing, uh, it's really sad to hear. But, um, yeah, an, an eight-year run. The console came out in 2011 to some, firstly, a bit of abysmal sales to the point where Nintendo had to drop the price very soon after launch because, well... There were no games for it that people cared about at launch. So, of course, no one's going to buy it. But then 2012, 2013, even 2014 was probably the, the golden years for Nintendo, or for the 3DS rather, because we had 
Super Mario 3D Land, um, Mario Kart 7. Um, you had a few other games that really stuck into my head that I can't remember, but you had like, you had constant support and even some weird third party support, like a proper Resident Evil game that could be played on the 3DS, which Resident Evil Revelations and then Revelations 2, which are both fantastic games in their own right. Definitely Revelations 2, you need to give it, you need to give it a go. But it had a good run and it was actually supported by some good indie games, which for its time, Nintendo hadn't really delved much into proper indie games. Like these were very small bite-sized titles for the most part, but they actually had good indie game support. And I would say that probably, I think the last really good 3DS game actually came out very recently with Shakedown Hawaii, which that's like, that's pretty funny. I find that the, even though the, the, ga- the, the console is going to be discontinued, there actually will still be games coming out for it. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, like, like for me, it, it served a purpose. I think we did get some, we got some, you know, some good remasters. Like I'm a huge Zelda fan. So I, I really loved playing Ocarina of Time on the 3DS, Majora's Mask. Um, and so now I hope that Nintendo, if you're listening, please do proper remasters for the Switch. Please, I beg you. Um, oh, that reminds me. Holy, holy crap, how did I forget about this? Um, it was the first Smash title on the handheld. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, yeah, so yeah. It did produce some good, some good things for us. <laughs> yeah, and the 3DS sold 75 million units worldwide, which not as good as the DS, which was, I think, at about 150. I want to say for a handheld, maybe a bit less, but definitely, it definitely did well. It didn't sell as well as the Game Boy, but during the Wii U days, it kept Nintendo going. Like during those tough times, you could always rely on the 3DS, which Nintendo's always been sort of a handheld focused company. So to see that, hey, this thing actually kept Nintendo going reasonably well during some dark times, it's, a, it's to the 3DS's credit. Wait, so the Wii U didn't sell well? This is, this is news to me. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't heard this. Uh, I feel like the Wii U didn't sell particularly. It had a lot of good games. It was just a poorly marketed um, console. The Wii U so, sold 13 million units. That, well, that's, uh, that's half of the Australian population. So, <laughs> so I think about half you the Australian you can population get, I guess. could have owned a Wii U. Yeah. But like, well, they could have just owned a Wii, which is the more superior console out of anything, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, let's be honest. That's so true. That is. Yeah, I feel like this is all a ploy. They've done this specifically so, I reckon, in the next week or two, and you can definitely quote me on this because it will happen. The 4DS will be announced. It is, coming <laughs> to, it is going to be four DSs taped together in a giant cube, and it's just going to admit <laughs> out onto your TV screen. So it is both for handheld play and console play on the television. Like, it's all the things you could want. And it, it, honestly, it would just be the, the smart decision to go forward with that for Nintendo, you would imagine. Because that, that's just easy money. For, like, it's, it's a 3DS, but there's another dimension to it. It's four. What more could you ask for? Yeah. One of the things I didn't like about the 3DS, this is just me personally, and I guess a few other people, but um, I had trouble seeing the 3D effect because I have a lazy eye. So, like, <laughs> I can't see it because you need both eyes. 
<laughs> Did fairness, you need the glasses for it? I can't remember. No, no, no it was glasses no, free three D. But the three D feature wasn't really used much to begin with. And even maybe two or three years into the lifespan of the system, they've released the 2DS. So kind of removing the point for it. But <laughs> Harry, I think your idea has actually been worked on and is actually released like right now. You can pick it up right now and it's called the Switch. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not named that. See, it's this is more of a hidden project kind of thing. The Switch is... Well, the Switch is nice. Uh, it doesn't particularly have four dimensions to it, unfortunately. It's more of the... It's still in that 3D, 3D realm of things, which is... Uh, you know, I see 3D every day, and I think it's boring. So you want to take it to the next level, which is going to be the 4DS. So in the next week right. or two, it With should be announced. 4DS chess, I think, is probably one of the, uh, the bigger <laughs> tiles that should come out of it. Smash Bros. 4 DS, you know, it's just, it is oh. perfect. You literally just take any existing game you have and you just put 4DS on the end. It just marketing, sounds exciting. Why wouldn't you want to marketing just writes so itself. What would, it just what writes would itself. The, what would be the fourth dimension? Would it be like Smell-O-Vision? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. It's sort of like it's a dim dimension we have now, except that instead of the three, there's four. It's a four, yes. So... You're adding on another number, which is, I mean, and you would, people would say you're insane. You can't do that. But, you know, Nintendo have always been on the forefront of innovation. You take the Wii, you take the Wii U, 13 million copies. Like that is frugal business practices to sell 13 million copies of a console. It's just insane numbers. So I think that the 4DS will be possibly one of the better consoles of our generation. Uh, it's going to be on the forefront. And you take this, in, I reckon in the next 20 years, you will see it everywhere in local museums, possibly news. Just It's going to basically be just consume us. We will be consumed by the 4DS world. And there is nothing <laughs> you can do to stop it. Absolutely I, nothing. I, I should say one of the capabilities of the 4DS is that games will be presented in 4K. Um, you know, surely that's, that, that's got to happen. Or even, actually, you know, you know what, 4x4, 4 4, 16K. Exactly. It makes all the sense in the world. I feel like that'll probably come with the 8DS, which is also, I feel like, in development. You know, it was like 4 times 4, that equals 8. Actually, no, it's 16. Yeah, no, um, wait. 16, so yeah, it is 16. God, my maths is going 16, out the 16, yes. <laughs> oh, 16DS. Oh, my God. Did you really just say <laughs> that 4 times 4 equals 8? Oh, I am disappointed in myself because I, I was used to be so good at times tables. The fact that I just said that is <laughs> very saddening to me. Uh, but, you know, any, any, any final departing words for the 3DS? Um, I think, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, like our age, you know, people in their late teens, early 20s, the DS was a big part of their lives. Um, I don't really think many people had the 3DS that I know of, but, you know, we appreciate it, Nintendo. You've done some great things. You've done some okay things. You've done some horrible things, but everything is great from Nintendo. So, bye-bye, 3DS. You'll be missed. And, guys, it's unfortunately that time of the show where we have to say goodbye. Very already. Wow. Very saddening. I did want to say one thing before we go, because uh, I don't know if we actually discussed it beforehand. But did everyone hear about the NBN upgrades that are supposed to be happening? Four point no. five billion dollars worth for 
Australian internet because uh, they've suddenly realised, I guess, from all the coronavirus, like, hey, we actually need good internet for our uh, society to function. We probably should have done that, I mean, 10 years ago when we first thought of the idea and put it into effect. But I guess, you know, better late than never. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Actual fiber. Yeah, fiber. So they're $4.5 billion worth of upgrades, which is a fair bit of money, which should be completed by 2023 and will give millions of homes access to internet speeds of up to one gigabyte per second, which uh, that, that would actually be insane considering I reckon most people get about 20 30 if they're lucky on a good night and it'd actually be fiber to the house you know this is exactly what this is what i think the the kevin love uh kevin rudd labor government proposed, like <laughs> yes kevin love the, the kevin love the famous yeah <laughs> they proposed this um back in i think like 2008 2009 and yep. it was the the one liberal i think tony abbott came into power he's like yeah that uh, well, I don't think that's a good idea. We don't, we don't need that fiber to the house or upgrade space. Or just, you know, just stick your radar at the window. She'll work fine. But they've come to their senses, <laughs> and it's still that would still be three years away. But up to one gigabyte a second would be beautiful. Yes, and the heartbeat. Get a good connection. No, that, that does sound fantastic. I, I guess that's that's our great news for the end of the episode. I love yeah, it. Going to end on a high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. And final words, everyone, before we head off? Um, I'll say the same thing that I always say. I really never have anything else to say other than, you know, in these times, everyone stay safe. Everyone, you know, in Melbourne, good things are coming hopefully soon. But for the meantime, while we're all still stuck in lockdown, just play lots of video games and have a good Love night. It. Love it. Nathan, any final words? Um... Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. No, Nathan, come on. No. You've got to have you've got to have something for your loyal viewers. <laughs> I'm going to miss you all while I'm tucked in the back and not not being a host. <laughs> no, you'll be back, big man. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I was only, Nathan, I was only on this. I was only on one episode last season. I came in one. It was good fun. So. That's why I guess, you're back, uh, exactly. That's why I'm back. Uh, I guess parting words for myself. Uh, you know, before we started this podcast, uh, none of us used eToro, but now I'm using eToro. And it's fantastic because you know what you can do with eToro? You can do shares, buy shares all around the world for free. No commission whatsoever. It is absolutely fantastic. We can get you all this stuff done. You can do trades all around the world. Split second with no extra payments. I love it. That's funny. That's funny. But my final departing words, you know, go play Crash 4. It's coming out. Go get it. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. But that'll do for us this week at Player One on Scene. Tune in next Monday from 8 till 10 p.m. And we will be back. Same Player One time, same Player One channel. Have a terrific one, everyone.